This is Jeffrey William. I am the Sovereign Man, and you're listening to Love Radio. Excuse me, do you have a mask? No, I don't wear a mask. What do you mean, why? I don't do anything I'm demanded to do. It's my research that coronaviruses are not contagious. So wearing a mask is just going to perpetuate fear around germs and getting sick from other people. It's also very important for me to retain my liberty and freedom in in the world. So I don't wear a mask to usher in perpetuation of totalitarianism and a dictator type society plus you know it's probably not great for my immune system to be breathing in my exhaust fumes all day but that's the last of the reasons why I don't wear a mask You see, I used to go around saying, I've got a medical exemption, it harms and compromises my immune system, but really that's all bullshit in comparison to the reason why I really don't wear a mask, and I'm not telling the truth to people because I don't want to get into a confrontation with someone's fear about it. And to be denied to go into somewhere to get what I need. I had a dream this morning where I was cashing out to buy something. And the woman asked me if I had a mask. And I just told her straight up, no, I don't, I don't wear it. It felt so uh, gratifying just to like tell the honest truth. And I think, I think that's something I got to do more. I barely go into stores to begin with, and most of the places I go, they're places that frequent contractors, so these places don't ask people to wear masks normally. I'm just getting dressed for the day. An overcast day here in Hamilton. Not very uplifting in the sky. Very gray and dreary. 
but I felt inspired to get on the microphone and get another uh, long-awaited episode out because uh, I've been putting this off for, for too long. I'm a few weeks behind now, which uh, upsets me, but perhaps I can make it up by doing uh, more than an episode a week to get the material out. A big reason also why I haven't been um, putting out episodes is because uh, the next topic I want to talk about is the so-called coronavirus. And I've been doing some research. I wanted to get some um, some sturdy information to go off of instead of just uh, perpetuating talk from the online medium. Uh, this has led me to begin to read a book called The Invisible Rainbow, a history of life, or a history of electricity and life, by Arthur Furstenberg. This has so far been an excellent book, and I've been um, really sucked in by it, and normally I, I'm not easily uh, glued to a book. Um, but this one has just been blowing me away page after page with the information talking about um, the side effects people have been experiencing since the beginning of electricity and um, even prior to man-made electricity uh, side effects that people were experiencing from uh, as, um, um, from asthma as, as, uh, oh wow! Atmospheric electricity and disruptions in the electromagnetic uh, fields on Earth from solar and weather, which is super super fascinating. A lot of these scientists that are being uh, referenced in this in this uh, material have shown that these flu type viruses are not actually being transmitted from person to person but rather seem to be stimulated from some external source which they conclude to be some electromagnetic source, either weather or man-made electricity technology. So this is super fascinating for me and something I can totally gulp because it's already been accepted in my brain that we live in a world which holds such extreme good and extreme evil and that there's the possibility that 
there's really evil people in the world, and they like the idea of other people suffering and dying. And I think this is a reality that most people don't want to accept that there could be such a force that would want them to suffer. Um, I think people, from my experience, feel all humans are inherently bad and selfish. And I don't think this is true. But what also seems to be happening is most people just think everyone's bad and people then ignore the fact that there might be a small group of people that are extremely evil that have gotten themselves into positions of extreme power. And that this is a this is a war, if you want to call it a spiritual war of good and evil. And that this could be a worldwide source promoting a lie against the virus to allow for more control, containment, suffering, and enslavement of humans. So I think if you can accept that there's such evil people in the world, are people that are being manipulated by such evil, then you can accept that that's the possibility that these people can be in positions of power to manipulate the agenda of the world. And so I think if you've listened to my uh, previous four podcasts, you know how important it is for freedom for me and how I'm doing so much in my effort and step-by-step life to exercise that freedom and stand up for that freedom in little battles wherever I can, like not wearing a mask. Because I don't want to perpetuate people's illusions that we are controlled. I don't want to perpetuate fear. I don't want to reinforce someone's fear. If everyone wore a mask, we're just reinforcing everyone else's belief that we should be. If nobody wore a mask, and you were the only idiot doing it, I think you'd feel pretty stupid about yourself and wonder, why am I really doing this? This Obviously, this is bunk if no one else is doing it. I fell for a little April Fool's joke. I wanted to go over, I've, I've been making lots of notes 
from this. this book and I was planning to make a podcast after I read it and I'm realizing this is going to be potentially a multi episode to cover all the material like I uh, like I'm getting to a point where I just want to read the whole book over my uh over my podcast because every sentence is an important piece of material. So I strongly urge you to check this book out if you've got any curiosity as to an alternative source of why we're getting sick. So the book again is called The Invisible Rainbow, A History of Electricity and Life by Arthur Furstenberg. I want to go over a couple notes about the book, and maybe this will um, spike your curiosity to uh, find yourself a, a copy of this material. I personally, um, unfortunately, have not given any tribute to the author. Um, I have just pirated a book, a PDF version online, and I'm, I'm working through it on my e-reader kind of ironic that I'm using an electronic device to uh, absorb this material when it talks about the the harmful effects that these electronic devices have on us. So, um, but I I am on the lookout for a used copy of this book so that I can have a physical copy in my possession. I don't want to buy new. I don't want to pay tax. Um, so it's a little more difficult for me. But if if someone was offering a used copy, I would go out and buy it today. And I would most likely keep this book in my library for uh, for the rest. So a couple um, highlights that I, I found interesting is it was uh, this book starts in the 18th century with the invention of the static electricity machine and it was talking about how there was all this study going on in Europe and America in this century about the electricity but however there was hundreds of years of knowledge already in the east about electricity and they were using natural electricity in a lot of their healing and it talked about how this was used in acupuncture and an acupuncture needle would be placed on a meridian line and natural energy in the atmosphere would flow through the needle going through the meridian line and then coming out another needle at another end of the meridian line. And I found this super fascinating. You know, life has natural energy from what I've learned in my journey. We are 
energetic in nature. Our, our nervous system is just a series of wires relaying communications, electrical communications to our brain. And we decipher these as our touch and our smell, our sight, our hearing, our taste. And so it would make sense that a exterior source of electricity could, in fact, play a role in the disruption of our communication system inside. And I think this is a very, very complex science which uh, has kind of been forgotten, abandoned, and made fun of, perhaps, in mainstream scientific world as to not to look into it because it's silly. I don't think that this is a, a chapter of science that has been even a toe dipped into the ocean of, of information that's there. They were doing tests about the conductivity of people back in the 18th century using this static electricity machine, which was uh, like basically a hand-cranked wheel that created static electricity. And they were very fascinated with the static shocks that they were able to produce. They would make chains of people holding hands, and then one person would complete the connection by holding on to another end of the wire. And they were finding out that people who were having a fever were not completing the circuit, that they were not conductive. They were finding that people with chills were super conductive. Things like smallpox, not conductive. They're asking the question, is electricity the life force of all things? Is this the force that creates life? Kind of a taboo question now, perhaps. In the 1860s, we saw the beginning of telegrams coming out and all of a sudden new diseases emerged. Neurasthenia. 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 Neurasthenia was a newly observed disease in the 1860s which uh, if I remember correctly had had some history in the past However, not to the uh, dramatic extent that all of a sudden it started to, to show its face in the 1860s. So we saw neurasthenia, and it started to 
change its name into, I believe Freud coined it, anxiety neurosis or chronic fatigue syndrome or nervous breakdowns. The West started to think that this was just a mental disorder that was happening, but people in the East, like Russia and China, still recognize this as a radio wave sickness. And as far as I know, still recognize that today, or at least in the recent past, as being technology-driven and not just some mental random mental problem that people have. In 1889, historians agreed that this was the electricity, uh, the modern era of electricity opened up. This is when electricity started to become more of a common technology. As well, doctors in America, Europe, Asia, Africa, and Australia were overwhelmed by a new illness. Described it like a lightning bolt out of nowhere. This new illness influenza. The pandemic lasted four years and killed one million people. They talked about how in 1889 influenza changed. It used to come and go for years at random and was not considered contagious. In the name influenza, it was considered to be governed by the influence of the stars. The idea that it happened at random. And most likely a lot of scientists concurred that it would occur at peaks of solar magnetic activity each 11 year sun cycle. Super interesting. So influenza was something that we have been experiencing for hundreds or thousands of years before electricity. But all of a sudden, it showed a different characteristic as soon as we um, implemented electricity. It was more apparent. It was less random. Scientists started answering the questions, why do flu epidemics end? Seems like all of a sudden they just stop. I've got a note here to read a little quote from page 89. So I'm going to open up my e-reader and do that for you now. Why have epidemic patterns in Great Britain not altered in four centuries? Centuries that have seen great increase in the speed of human transport. 
Why is influenza seasonal? Why is influenza almost completely absent except during the few weeks or months of an epidemic? Why do flu epidemics end? Why don't out-of-season epidemics spread? How do epidemics explode over whole countries at once and disappear just as miraculously? As if suddenly prohibited. He could not figure out how a virus could possibly behave like this. Why does flu so often target young adults and spare infants and the elderly? How is it possible that flu epidemics travel at the same blinding speed in past centuries as they do today? How does the virus accomplish its so-called vanishing trick? This refers to the fact that when a new strain of virus appears, the old strain between one season and the next has vanished completely all over the world at once. Pope Simpson listed 21 separate facts about influenza that puzzled him and that seemed to defy explanation if one assumed that it was spread by direct contact. They were seeing that animals all across history, from fish to monkeys, were getting the flu, and at the same time as humans. It was observed that it wasn't humans getting it from animals or animals getting it from humans, that it happened simultaneously. They were noticing that people on long voyages on ships would be out of port for months and no record of an outbreak from where they left all of a sudden would experience an outbreak on the ship and arrive at their next port shortly after to find out that there was a outbreak that just occurred where they arrived it seems to be happening in localized pockets in some situations where weather or, or technology is, is creating these localized outbreaks. This book is referring to these outbreaks are happening simultaneously across the countries. In some situations that it could be it could if it's passed by direct contact, it's traveling too fast for even our modern technology of travel to get it there. And the history is showing that even before the advent of steamships and steam trains, it was traveling faster than these could have brought it to anywhere. So it begs the question, and a lot of scientists' eyes highlighted in this book that it couldn't possibly be a contagious illness. Supposedly, it's a hidden secret for uh, virologists that there's been no studies since 1933 to show flu transmits from human to human.
as far as I know, there actually hasn't been a study at all that has proven this. That this is still a theory. It's amazing what we will do in our whole world to prevent something that's still a theory. I don't have it all figured out, but I'm finding this super fascinating and what resonates to me and the actual story that's being programmed on mainstream media does not resonate with me. And I don't think that that's truth. I'm not saying that what I'm saying here is truth and it should be adopted as so because I think it's going to need more in-depth research from everybody. But I think this is enough evidence that we should be looking into alternative uh, questions as to where these things are coming from, where these sicknesses are coming from. I think that even if viruses are something that can be passed from human to human, something that's contagious, even if this is the case, I don't want to live in a world for the rest of my life where I'm wearing a mask to prevent that from happening when I'm not sick even. Even when I am sick, I should be breathing in as much fresh air as I can, and the oxygen is important for healing. But I don't think people talk about the ramifications of social actions and what this will mean in the long term. If you're just accepting a mask mandate now, then what does this say about our future? Is this going to become something that we do for the rest of our lives? I hope not. I hope that's not what people are thinking. This is ridiculous. There's nothing worse about what's going on now than what we've seen in the past. And I wasn't wearing a mask for my entire life. I don't want to live in a world where that happens. I'd rather take the risk of life being dangerous than trying to put myself in a protective bubble everywhere I go, a padded cage so I don't hurt myself. I think it's more important for me to work on my health and my immune system than to not care about what I'm putting into my body and just shield myself from other people so that they don't get affected by my poor decisions of weak health, weak immune system. This is just a cop-out so we can continue eating the poisonous food and soaking in all the poisonous material that we do in our lives because we're so addicted to all this crap. I don't think we as a main society can accept that 
a lot of the foods that we are eating are an addiction. We talk about tobacco, talk about heroin, talk about these drugs as being super addicting substances. We'll talk about caffeine maybe, but we can't possibly talk about fat, oils, can't talk about salts as being addicting. These aren't highlighted in our mainstream communications. These are super dopamine hitting foods that we are addicted to and it's just the norm. It's okay to be eating a bunch of chips. That's what everyone else does. What I find is a lot of people are scared of sugar and think that oil and salt are okay. When sugar is the least harmful of the three. Anyway, that's a topic for a whole other series of podcasts that we'll definitely dive into relating on diet and health. But I think it's more important to keep ourselves healthy than to try to put ourselves in a plastic bag. What kind of world do you want to live in? And that's the world that I think we should be projecting when we go out in the street and, and meet our fellow neighbor. I'm Jeffrey William. Join me next episode, and hopefully I'll get one out sooner than the last, where I want to continue to dive into this book, and talk about other things revolving our freedom and health in these last couple years and into our future because I think this is a very pivotal moment where we have to start making changes before we start digging ourselves even deeper down this dark hole that we're in. Thank you. Peace and blessings to everyone listening, and I appreciate your ears. I know that this material may be uh, a little boring for most to absorb, but anybody who is uh, going through it with me, uh, I'm greatly honored that you would share your time with me. And I would be um, very interested to hear from you if you have any way of contacting me and expressing your thoughts about these podcasts and what you might like to hear in them to help me with some topics. I think that these podcasts are becoming a stepwise progression. That they should be started from episode one and worked through because this is a, a philosophy that I'm uncovering that needs to be understood by everyone so that we can one day truly attain freedom in our environment, in our society. Thanks again, and I will hopefully be on the waves again to talk to you soon.